What do you think you need in life right now to be satisfied? You know, if you could just get one thing, one request to God, what would it be? I had a friend, uh, I heard a friend this week say in passing, he's just about to get married. Um, he said, oh, if someone would just, you know, build me a house for free, it would just drastically change my whole life. No mortgage, no rent, for the whole of my working life. I wonder what it would be for you. It might be for God to provide a partner you've been looking for or a child that you've been praying for. Maybe it's a new job. If you just had that perfect job, that would be all right. Maybe it's a break from work. Just, just four weeks with no pressure on your time where you could just get things in life sorted out, get everything else into shape, what would it be? If you could just request one thing from God, what would it be? In the passage we're looking at this afternoon, the people are looking for Jesus. There's already, through the book of John, there's already been four miraculous signs recorded. And so people have heard what he's like. People have seen that Jesus is worth looking out for and finding out what he's all about. And here in John chapter 6, it's just the day after the most recent sign, the feeding of the 5,000. And so the people are desperate not to lose track of where Jesus is. So you see in between, um, there's a little kind of Jesus goes, they're not quite sure where he is, and then they find him. And in verse 25, when they do find him, this is what they say. When did you get here? You know, it's one of those questions that's like, it's part accusation, part relief. Do you know one of those questions? Like when someone comes through the door and they're an hour late and you say, where have you been? You don't really want to know where you've been. You kind of, what, what's happening? What's going on? But see, look at, down at Jesus' response. Look at verse 26. He says, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Hang on, what's Jesus saying? Remember the day before Jesus has fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. So one of the very signs he's talking about is that they got their fill. But what Jesus is doing is saying about the very same event, the reason that they're looking for Jesus is not because they've seen that the sign attests to who he is, but simply because they've seen the sign and they're full because of it. They've got something out of being near Jesus. They're not massively bothered about the true identity of Jesus, but simply what they can get out of him. So we're going to see, firstly, this afternoon, Jesus wants to say, don't just come to Jesus for life modification. Through the book of John, we've gone back to the beginning and back to the end to see how John kind of brackets his book. And do you remember John's summary sentence right at the end? John chapter 20, 
He says this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. See, these amazing moments in history where Jesus conquers the laws of nature, they're described as signs through John's gospel. Do you see why they're called signs? They are signs pointing to who Jesus is. They're pointing to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And actually that by believing that, you may have life in his name. But here, as we come back into John 6, the people are coming to Jesus, not because they saw the sign and so saw who Jesus is, but because they had their fill, Jesus says. So Jesus carries on. Verse 27. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. See what Jesus is saying? Just lift your eyes for a minute above this sign, above your full stomach. Don't be so short-sighted to seek to not recognise who Jesus is. Because yes, Jesus is meeting your immediate need by feeding 5,000 people. But if you don't recognise the sign, what Jesus is pointing to, then you'll miss the point. But they come back. Just have a look down. What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? Isn't that remarkable? Isn't it remarkable that having just witnessed Jesus feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, when Jesus says, lift your eyes, it's bigger than that. They say, prove it. What sign will you give us? The followers seem to be obsessed with the immediate. They seem to be obsessed with the here and now, with what Jesus can do in the moment. And actually, it's hardly surprising, is it? Can you imagine if someone like Jesus was doing something very similar now? I'm sure people would be so obsessed with the momentary change. So when Jesus explains in verse 32 that this sign is not exactly like the manner in the wilderness, the people's response is simply this, always give us this bread. See what they're doing? Still, still obsessed with the here and now. Jesus is saying that what he offers is amazing. What he offers will fill them completely. What he offers will satisfy them. What do they want? They want the bread. Always give us this thing. They're so obsessed about the signs themselves that they seem to overlook what Jesus is talking about. Now, for us, there's a real danger that as we come to John's Gospel, we read through these signs and we make a really direct application. We say something along the lines of, the point of the story for us now is to show that Jesus can sustain us in the day-to-day. And now that's not necessarily a wrong thing to say, but what Jesus is showing about himself is far bigger than that. Or we look at the healings. 
and we say, well, Jesus can sort out our issues right now. But what we overlook is what Jesus is showing about himself in history. And it's not to say that Jesus can't do those things. But for us, as we read what Jesus does through the book of John and these signs, it's not a surprise that with each of these signs comes a claim about who he is. Jesus wants to show his true identity. See, if you just come to Jesus to sort out your problems, to modify your life, to change what is feeling massive to you right now, your view of Jesus is too small. Because the power Jesus has displayed in the signs in John's Gospel, they should lead us to want to know him. They should lead us to want to find out more about him. Because the reason he came to earth was far bigger than these signs. Don't just come to Jesus for life modification. I don't know if you've ever seen the programme Undercover Boss. It's a bit of a favourite in our house. Every now and again, you just flick it on. Here's basically what happens. They usually zoom in on huge firms. And what they do is they um, film the CEO, who usually takes on a role a lot more front line in the firm. So what happens is the, um, the CEO will take on this role for a week or so, and he'll work alongside the people that are working front line in the organization that he's majorly responsible for. Now, it's always funny to see the, the things the CEO finds out, the things that he sees as he um, works alongside or even is managed by people that he's working rungs and rungs above. But the, the programme has a few moments that are always genius. One of them is the moment that it's revealed to the employee that they've been working alongside the CEO for a week. The moment where they take off a beard or a wig or they, they shave again and they come back in their nice suit and they walk back into the room, they have this moment where they in, they're interviewing them and the CEO walks back into the room and the, inevitably... The employee kind of looks across, looks back, looks across and they're like, oh, what? I've been working with the CEO for a week. But often what happens as well is that the CEO will often ask about their job, about their day-to-day -day work. Ask them if there's anything they'd change about the business. It's a brilliant opportunity to be undercover and work out what people feel like, what people think. And there's one episode that just sticks in my mind where there's a guy who is working in a warehouse um, and he's worked with the CEO for a week. And there was a moment where the CEO turns to the guy and says, oh, if you could just change anything about your work, what would it be? And the guy turns back to the CEO and he says, I just need some new work boots. If I just had new work boots, everything would be fine. I've been waiting ages and then went on and on and on about these work boots. Now, fast forward to the moment the CEO walks back in. He walks back in with these work boots, brand new work boots. And then they carry on filming and the CEO goes and um, they ask the employee how he felt about the process. And he says, do you know what? 
if I just realized that the CEO asked me for I could change anything about my work, I'd have told him all the things that I'd love. Not just a new pair of work boots. I could have had a pay rise. I could have had half hours. I could have had all of these things if I just realized. But no, he walked away with a new pair of work boots. Thing is, if we come to Jesus just to change the thing that feels most pressing right now, if we come to Jesus just clouded by the thing that feels most important in the moment, then our view of Jesus is too small. Our view of Jesus is far too small. Because we see that Jesus wants us to come to him for real rescue. From the beginning of John's Gospel, there's been an emphasis on the life that Jesus offers. In John chapter 1, we saw these couple of sentences. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. We know, um, because a couple of sentences later, it says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So we know it's talking about Jesus and it's talking about how from the very beginning life came about through him. And so we see that what Jesus has to offer and what Jesus's mission on earth as he seeks to make himself known by these signs and these claims is far bigger than just these tiny moments. All that came into being exists for Jesus. It exists to display his greatness. That's what the beginning of John says. What Jesus offers when he speaks about bread that gives life to the world is far greater than these people seem to realise in the moment. When they ask for the sign, they point to the manna that was given through Moses to the people. The Israelites had just been released from captivity in Egypt. They'd been delivered um, at this point into the wilderness and they were looking for help. The manna, bread that came down from heaven, was a sign of rescue and deliverance for God's people. Not just a proof that he was there. It was, it was joined up between the moment that they were released from Egypt and then the moment that they'd go on to succeed in battle. Here, Jesus is claiming, as he claims to be the bread of life, that he's the fulfilment of this moment. It's like the Exodus 2.0. He's the provision of the ultimate rescue plan, that all people will be delivered by him. Through the passage, through John 6. Life and death are mentioned 14 times. See, Jesus wants to make it as clear as possible as he claims about himself, that whilst having just performed a miracle that satisfies people in the moment, one of the most immediate signs of provision, actually is not just about that. 
what he actually shows about himself is that he's the one to provide life. Life in all its fullness. And that's the context that we see around John's gospel. Life that, that was there in the beginning with Jesus at the beginning of the creation of the world. Life that in verse 40 goes on for eternity. Life that John 10 tells us is the most full way to live in this world right now. Life that in John chapter 20 at the end only comes about by believing who Jesus is. And of course that life will be radically different. It will be satisfying. It will be one in which God's people are provided for. It will be one in which our biggest question is answered. But fundamentally, John chapter 3 tells us this new life is new. It's not modified life. It's not life that is your own life now with an extra house, an extra free house with no mortgage to pay. It's not your life now with a little bit added on, modified. When Jesus says he's the bread of life, He's speaking of a spiritual hunger, an emptiness of life that goes beyond the physical need. He's offering the answer to the deepest longing that we have. Do you see what Jesus is doing as he comes back to these people saying, where have you been? We want our next feed. He's correcting them saying, these signs are far bigger than you realise. You're missing the point. He's saying, don't come to me for life modification. Come to me for real and complete rescue. Because Jesus offers a rescue that will leave people not longing for anything else. It's an ultimate rescue that will sustain and satisfy for eternity. You might be sat here this afternoon and say, you wouldn't follow Jesus at the moment. If that's you, you're really welcome. We love having people to look at the claims of Jesus with us. It's a real joy. But please listen to this offer that Jesus is making to anyone that would trust in him. He's saying, I'm not just offering you your next meal. I'm not just offering you life and slight benefits. I'm offering you a brand new life transformed that will satisfy for eternity. And ultimately, Jesus carries on and says, come to me because of who I am. See, the way in which we'll have this life everlasting, ultimately satisfying, is not just through what Jesus is offering, but with Jesus himself. Look down at verse 37. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. The purpose in Jesus coming back to earth is to carry out God's plan in bringing people back to himself. So any person that responds to Jesus will be rescued to be with Jesus forever. That's what Jesus is saying. I'll never drive away. Verse 40 helps us to remember how we need to constantly have this perspective stretched. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. 
See, we need to recognize that this offer from Jesus, whilst a slightly modified life now might be quite attractive. Just think back to the thing you thought of at the beginning. Get rid of the mortgage, a new job, a child that you've been desperate for, a partner. Those things are great things. Those things are things that God gives, but those things aren't things that will ultimately satisfy. We need to recognize that life with Jesus forever in a new body, in a new creation, is the very best thing we could ever experience. And so Jesus wants to say, lift your eyes, because what I offer is far more than just a modified life now. And the temptation is, we come to Jesus with our concerns for the present. We come to Jesus with tunnel vision, blinkered, because actually what happens here and now, it is important. It is big for us. It does matter. And we come to Jesus desperate to change those things sometimes. But we might just be missing out on the perspective of seeing what Jesus truly offers. If we don't recognise the magnitude of who Jesus is, we won't look forward to that offer of eternal life with him forever just as much. We won't recognise the extent of the, his rescue, that not only does he offer transformed life now, but it goes on for eternity. See, I'm sure sometimes we'll read the bread of life, Jesus saying he's the bread of life, and, and we think that sounds so mundane. Ah, oh, Jesus will provide. But Jesus offers himself, the author of life itself, and the one with whom we can trust our lives to its fullest. And we know that in him, he'll offer us life to the full for eternity. I wonder, how often do we need to have our eyes lifted? How often do we need to have our eyes lifted away from our circumstance now to remember that what Jesus offers is life transformed? Don't just come to Jesus for life modification. Come to Jesus for real rescue. Come to Jesus because of who he is. He offers life changed for eternity to be with him. Let me pray. Father, we want to admit that we sometimes come to you with blinkers on, with tunnel vision, so overwhelmed and overcome by our circumstances. Lord, please might you help us to have our eyes lifted to the amazing offer that you give to us. Lord, sorry when we come to you and expect Jesus to give us modified lives now and we miss the point of what Jesus is offering. Father, please might you help us to recognise that Jesus offers transformed life that lasts for eternity. Father, please might you help us to come to Jesus for who he is. 
Lord, would that change the way that we come to him? Father, we ask that that might help us day to day to to recognise through our struggle that he has the very best thing for us and he'll provide our need not just for now but for eternity. Amen.